This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Sustainable-ish podcast after a bit of a Christmas break. How long ago does Christmas feel now? 2021 clearly didn't get the memo and is looking suspiciously like 2020 at the moment. So how are you coping with it all? I have to say that I'm realising there's a very good reason, in fact, lots of very good reasons, why I'm not a teacher and we're just going to leave that there. Now, lots of us have hopefully made New Year's resolutions to be a bit more sustainable-ish this year, but my goodness, it can be confusing sometimes, can't it, to figure out what's the right or the greenest thing to do. There is just so much information out there on the interweb superhighway, much of it contradictory, (laughs) and sometimes it all gets so confusing that we end up feeling completely bamboozled, and the easiest thing turns out to be to do nothing. Which is why I'm really excited to be chatting in this episode to Georgina Wilson-Powell, founder and editor of Pebble magazine and now published author. Is It Really Green came out last week and dives into over 140 of the commonest eco-conundrums like which is better for the environment, washing up by hand or using a dishwasher? And what's the environmental impact of loo roll? It really is a fabulous book. I will post a link to it in the show notes. It's very dip in and outable, which for those of us juggling all the things right now is absolutely just the ticket. So enjoy this chat. Hello, Georgina, published author. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me back. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. Well, you, you were just chatting before and you said you're knackered, but are you still feeling a bit excited? Oh, I'm very excited about the book. Yes, it feels like almost the calm before the storm, I think, Mm -hmm. in that case. So yeah, I can't wait to actually have it out in people's hands. That's very exciting. Yeah, because we're recording this a bit ahead of time. It's the week before Christmas week, but it's actually coming out when? 7th of January. So it'll be out uh, everywhere. And then also as an audiobook as well. Did you do the audiobook? I did. Isn't that the weirdest experience? (laughs) Yes. Totally weird. And I got sent some YouTube ads uh, yesterday, which I recorded the, you know, the copy for with the book and not didn't really think about it. And yeah, I was watching the YouTube ads, but it has my voice on it. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so weird. It's so weird. <laughs> I was like, oh, cringe. I'm going to go hide. It's horrible, isn't it? And I was like, cause I did the audiobook for mine. And did you get that point where you're reading it going, 
this is appalling English. Like this doesn't make any sense because you're reading it. By the time you've read through something three times or whatever, you're just skimming it and you're so bored of reading it. And then you actually have to slowly read it, you know, with feeling and all that sort of thing. And then you're like, oh, why did I write that? sentences in there and I'm like oh that really doesn't fit very well because mine's all quite I mean there's a lot of information to get into um so many pages so it's quite punchy that the, the sentences are quite short there's mm. no no prettying up of yes. information. but yeah my, my poor producer when I was because we crammed it all into a sort of two and a half days uh, in London back in October and bless him after the first day he was like does it get better rude <laughs> no I mean like even like happier like does it oh, get okay right oh okay yeah 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 he was like, so, um, yeah, I can't travel and I can't um, have this and I can't have that. And I was like, yeah, it does. It does. It, it, yes, we give a lot of help and there's a lot of solutions in there. But I think it's the first time I've listened to everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, um, was, um, that was interesting. So I've got lots and lots of questions about the book. For anyone who doesn't, who hasn't, because you've been on the podcast before and you came and did brilliant sessions at the festival and things. And for anyone who hasn't come across you, which I would be very surprised if there is anyone, um, just give us a brief intro and a bit of background. Sure. So um, I run a magazine called Pebble, which is now four years old. Um, so we launched at the end of 2016 as a platform for positive storytelling around sustainability. So we are your guide to a stylish, sustainable lifestyle. And out of the magazine, we then rolled a whole events arm, which we did lots of events last year and did a big virtual festival um, back in November. And we have a big Facebook community called The Pebble Pod. Um, So however you want to come across sustainable living, uh, we have something for you and a resource for you. And that has led on to the book. It's been a really exciting four years, actually. It's been quite a roller coaster. And this wasn't, um, because you talk about this in, in your intro in the book, that you used to actually be a travel journalist. Yeah, so I've been in magazines for like 16 or 17 years. Um, I've been an editor of magazines since I was 21. So this is this is all I know how to do. Yeah. Um, I think we've talked before how like, you know, I'd like to go off and be a farmer, but really I have no skills at all. I can't even grow herbs. Um, so this is, this is what I'm good at. But yeah, I used to be a travel journalist and travel editor. I used to live in Dubai. I used to fly all over the world. You know, I used to write basically copy for the 1% flying around the world mm. looking in the Maldives and found it while on the surface it was like you know a glamorous lifestyle and lots of people's dream jobs it was completely soulless and I sort of turned 30 and went what the hell am I doing this isn't what for me writing is about and what storytelling is about and the power of storytelling Mm. Um, so I came back to London and launched Pebble in a kind of nutshell and it's really kind of grown and expanded alongside I feel like our sort of more mainstream consciousness has expanded around yes. a lot of these issues. So when we sort of set up in 2016, you know, the idea of permaculture or zero waste was completely still quite fringe. Mm. And it's, it's kind of seeped into and changed as, as, you know, more people have become aware of the, of the climate emergency. So luckily we've kind of grown alongside that. Yeah. I mean, if you think back, you know, four years, it's very easy in the sort of environmental sphere to feel like we're, we're not making any progress and we're not making progress quickly enough. But actually, when you reflect back four years ago, the, the change has been phenomenal because it was only like last year, really, that sort of Greta took off. And, you know, yeah. and we've had the whole plastics movement and we've had the climate strikes like it, there has been huge progress. And I think it's very easy to forget that sometimes, isn't it? 
Definitely. And I think especially when you talk to people who don't work in the sustainability environment and more people are kind of going, well, I'm thinking about where my food comes from. Mm. I'm eating more plant-based or we've stopped a renewable energy supplier or, you know, I think most people are thinking differently, even yeah. if it's a little bit. Yes. And I think that this year has accelerated that, which is what we want. We, we don't want just, and I know you talk about this the same way, like we don't want just a few, what was it? Eco mung bean eating freaks as the prime minister so kindly uh described people we need everybody we need normal people yeah changing those things that that they feel is manageable that they can change and yeah definitely um, you know things are moving but yeah not fast enough mm. so whose idea was the book was it something you had the idea for and went out to publishers with or did you get approached to do it well, weirdly, um, a bit of both. <laughs> I was actually pitching a very similar book to a different publisher when Doreen Kindersley came to me with a very similar idea. Yeah. And it just seemed like very much serendipity to kind yeah. of merge the two together because it was kind of handed to me rather than yes. things down. And that came out of, they saw me talk at a festival and approached me the next week. So wow. it just felt like a very strange sequence of events because I nearly yes. didn't do the talk. I had a family drama and I nearly had to pull out. So the whole thing just felt meant very, to be. Meant to be. And yeah. actually it was all written by January this year because it was supposed to be out in May. So it feels like it's been quite a long process now. Yes. How long did you have to write it? Only about three months. Before. That seems to be the thing. It's like they, they quite, quite want you to get it done quickly and then they have a long time to faff about with it afterwards. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I was, so this time last year was completely crazy mm. and you know, up to my eyes of research and working at seven days a week and yeah. trying to pull things together. And then we rewrote a lot of it over the summer to try and make it as COVID yeah. as possible and sort of rewrote big chapters around work and around travel. Right, um, yeah. Just to kind of catch up with where we are. So hopefully it's kind of as new normalified yes. as you can get. Yeah. And so this idea of, is it really green? Like, where did that come from? So that was a, a conversation that we had with, or I had with the publishers around like wanting to help people solve those everyday dilemmas, which is mm. what Pebble does. And we decided to do it in a kind of question and answer format. Yeah. So you could dip in and out. It's not, you don't have to read it all in one go. You don't have to sit there and sort of sit there for hours, but also that you can refer back to. Because yeah. I think there are a lot of dilemmas we have at home that you don't know what to do for the best. Yeah. Perhaps what you think is greenest possibly isn't, which happens more and more um but also you might be googling the answer and there's so much information yeah yeah that you don't do anything and we've yes. all been there we're like oh god it's just too hard yeah and i and, and i and i think that's where a lot of people are as exactly as you said that more and more people are thinking oh i want to do my bit or i want to you know try and change this or change that and then you start sort of doing a little bit of research into it and as you say you get all this conflicting information and so you just think oh do you know what I, i'm just going to pretend i didn't i didn't yeah. know about that so i just can just it's easier yeah, not to and we order or all the other sort of end of it is kind of looking at what you do and kind of going, oh, well, it's not that bad. Mm. But the book kind of takes it and extrapolates it out to like, okay, but if everybody does this, yes. you know, the amount of like kitchen roll we go through globally mm. is a big problem. What you go through personally probably isn't, but yes. we have to think at scale and we have to get people thinking, you know, that it's not just their actions that, that are causing problems. So um, yeah, hopefully people can take away some really kind of clear answers on what they should be doing. They might not like all the answers. Yes, yeah. You know, there is some clarity there that, that can help people. Yeah. 
And one thing I really loved that you addressed in the book, kind of straight up, is it really green to write a book? Yes. So this felt really timely. And I was really impressed, actually, with, with DK Books kind of commitment to this process because they came up with it um and they were like we want to use this as a test case to see how green we can make our publishing process wow but they completely changed all of their systems to do this book from like not printing out draft copies and passing them between each other as a team yeah. obviously pre pre-covid you know when they're off in offices through to finding so it's been printed locally i think in seven different countries so wow. printed all in one go yeah 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 all over the world their whole teams have been researching like paper stocks and inks wow. um, and they're actually they've made permanent changes in how they work because of the stuff they found out through Amazing. the book yeah that feels really good and so there's obviously a design decision behind the book that there's no color inside yes. you know, the, the drawings are very sort of minimal line mm. Mm. you know the covers bold and green and it's paperback as well there's no there's no hardback um, yeah so yeah, it feels like we can hold our hands up and go, this is, if you're going to have a book, this is the best, yeah. best book that we can, we can do. Yeah. And I think, you know, I had, I had this a little bit when my book came out as well, a few people saying, well, you know, surely it's not that green to produce a book and all these trees that will get cut down and blah, blah. But I, my hope, and I'm, I'm sure yours are probably similar, is that, you know, I don't want people to buy the book if they're not going to change anything. So, you know, in that case, it is just a complete waste of resources. But if you're genuinely going to buy the book, and as you say, you're, you know, it's really dip in and out of, but it's the sort of thing that, you know, I think it's going to be a useful resource to have sat there on the bookshelf or on the kitchen table to dip in and out of and to, to keep referring back to and things and, and actually be a genuinely useful thing. Definitely. And things will change because of it. And we want, you know, I want, that's all the work that Pebble does and, and so it goes into the book is we want to be a source for change. You know, we want to see mainstream wide social change you know moving mm. away from overconsumption and kind of mindless uh just using of resources through to something that's more mindful and mm. different and you know you could take that argument about every single product that yes. anybody is making i mean you know you could have that charge over water bottles and coffee cups and, yes yeah yeah you know, running an online magazine still has carbon emissions so we yes. you know, offset them and, and we try and reduce them as much as possible but every single thing we do has an impact so mm. I mean, we, we get the same charge over the fact that it's on sale at Amazon, which mm, I can't yeah. obviously personally I agree with, but at the same time, Amazon has the scale yeah. and, the, and the weight yes. you know, to make or break a book. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a really tough dilemma. Yeah. And I think, you know, it's also a little bit kind of hypocritical is the wrong word, but I bet no one ever says to JK Rowling, is it really green to publish a book? Do you know, like, but because you're trying to give out a particular message, you have to justify why you're doing so. I'm not really explaining that very well, but it kind well, of feels I, I, a bit... I think you get held to a different standard, yes. which is fair enough if we hold everyone to that same standard, but we don't. And also by doing that, we do put off other people who perhaps would be more vocal. Yes. Because they don't want to get pillared and they don't want to get shot down because they're yes. not just 100%. But, you know, we there is no 100%. There's no yeah. 100%. Perfect. There's no hundred percent sustainable. There's no hundred percent zero waste. Yeah. You know, so it feels very reductive as humans to kind of whenever someone is trying to do good, just point fingers at them. And go, well, yes. Have, haven't done this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're very good at that, and I think you know we we somehow have to move beyond those those. Yeah. Feelings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just having a look because I've I've been sent a sneaky advanced copy and the the brilliant sort of intro section where you actually kind of introduce the climate emergency and you talk about the problems. And I think that's, 
that's actually really helpful because I sometimes feel a little bit like I'm making assumptions that everybody has the same level of knowledge that I do and is therefore not not crapping their pants I don't know why but actually it's probably maybe because nobody sat down and explained this to them or they haven't had time to you know delve into all this so it's, it's actually really good to sort of lay out the scenario in the first place I think so and I think it's all like it, unless you kind of are obvious about where we are you know you're drawing that baseline it's very hard to measure change it's very hard yes. to say well we can make this change and this is where we are but this is where we'd like to be and I think there is there is a lot of complexity in the climate emergency I mean if there, if it was simple we'd have a simple solution and we don't yes you know, it's yeah. incredibly complex long short big small global local problem. yeah 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 and I think a lot of people feel put off even engaging with it because of the complexity yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't know yeah. what to do they don't know what all the issues are and i think as more as more people learn more and more about the problems we see how interconnected they are as well yeah. so that adds another layer um so i think it is good to kind of break it down and not assume you know people know everything and i'd really mm. i think the book as well hopefully will appeal to people who perhaps haven't you know started on there so yes yeah, yeah yeah we need to kind of take them along as well and and it is really easy to assume like at our festival we we ran a eco session drop-in where people could come and ask us questions about oh, cool. yeah, yeah. technology that perhaps you might not, might not understand and actually it was it was amazing what people didn't you know people that I thought were fairly you know clued up on all mm. this no so I think there's yeah there's there's definite worth in in kind of laying out the facts to begin with yeah definitely and then you've you've split it all up there's um, I'll just quickly run through the chapter so there's green kitchen food and drink bathroom, wardrobe, shopping, tech, garden, work and play, family relationships, travel and transport. How did you come up with the questions for each section? Were they all made up or did you ask people or how did that work? It was really hard kind of getting them narrowed down. Yeah. <laughs> so there was a lot of um, conversations between me and the publisher, but also me asking uh, like our Facebook community mm. so as well, kind of looking around what, were, what people were Googling, what yes. And then sort of, you know, having worked in this for a few years, like knowing what issues come up time and time again, yeah. you see this in all your groups, like recycling, you know, comes up time and time again, yeah. because the answer or, you know, sort of fa especially family stuff and, and kids trying to make kids as green as possible. Mm. Um, so yeah, we had a good baseline and then we kept adding to it. Yes. Sort of, you know, people were like, oh, what about this? What about this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the book could be about five times as long. Yes. There's a volume two waiting there, which is... <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you like never again. So you, it can't be that bad. Yeah. How did you do all the, like, the level of research? And, you know, and you've so rigorously in, you know, the, it's not the index, the references at the end. I was like flicking through and I was like, oh my God. Like I found that the worst bit doing the references for the book. I don't know about you, but how did you research it all? doing a lot of deep diving into reporting and you know just reading endless endless reports and then trying to take the best line with a lot of them because obviously there's a lot like as we said there's a lot of conflicting information mm. out there but kind of having to go okay well this this is what the UN is saying last year yeah that's what I choose to go with yes. so very carefully choosing our sources and making sure they are university accredited or yes you know UN accredited and other people have referenced them and and stuff like that so try, and, and trying to just put that across without being too contradictory because a lot of yeah. this work is contradictory and I think when you flag up so many different areas 
the, the climate emergency effects, there's going to be different, yes. There's going to be different best solutions depending yeah, yeah, on yeah. what you're looking at. So I actually found that it wasn't so much the reporting for me that was, was the headache. It was trying to get a balance between what is a good answer for people mm. in lo- lots of different situations. Because the book's coming out, I think, in seven different countries. So you've right, got people, yeah. people in the US, people here in the UK. It's not going to be the same answer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, depending on where people are in their landscapes and, and their climate and stuff. So actually, that was more of a challenge, trying to find a way through that, a helpful answer that isn't generic. Yeah. Because I saw the book and I was like, oh, that's such a great idea. Oh, God, I wish I'd thought of that. And then I like, looked at the research and I was like, that's so not my bag. Like the level of detail that you've had to, you know, that you've gone into. And as I say, all that research and stuff, I think I'm very much kind of like higher level. Well, because it is, do you know, like I don't really know why, but it just is. <laughs> I mean, the way we kind of framed the book with the publishers, that was the kind of, you know, this is how we wanted to do it from the, from the outset. So and a lot of the research, I kind of knew where it was because we'd yeah. a lot of stuff from Pebble. So it wasn't started with a, with a blank yes. slate by any means, which really, really helped. Um, and I think because there was such a, an intense time period, it, it was yeah. just, you know, it was like doing a thesis or something. Yes. <laughs> it's a C degree. Yeah. What do you think are sort of, I don't know, top three most commonly asked or most common dilemmas? Oh, recycling by by a long mile. Because what, just in terms of what you can recycle or how to recycle or whether it works, what people no. do with it, what what you can recycle. Mm. I mean, you know, I know you've done a lot of work around this. It's it's opaque and it's yes, frustrating. Um, so that comes up time and time again. Um, cars actually come up quite a lot. Wow. So like people, because there's a, I think there's a big dilemma at the moment. Like, how green are electric cars really? Mm-hmm. Mm. in terms of their manufacture and disposal um and obviously it's a big purchase for people so they want to make sure they get it right um and flying yeah because we all want to fly the one i'm gonna ask you and actually um diane in my knackered ones eco eco club asked me to ask this on her behalf was the dilemma about the dishwasher versus hand washing (laughs) which is something that comes up again and again and again isn't it i don't i find in my group and your conclusion is that the dishwasher is more eco-friendly uses less water and things is that this is diane's question is it is that comparing it to a bowl of water for you know a dishwasher's load of washing up or is that you know these people who keep the tap running all the time and um so rinsing everything off the and... average so um i looked into i found some research that was like the average person that washes up because obviously the water doesn't appear from anywhere you've got to run the tap you've got to yes. wait for it hot you're probably you might change the water once if you've got mm. loads of washing up you know, taking that as an average, right? It's more than the um, dishwasher, but the caveat was that sort of the, the dishwasher has to be full. It has to be on an eco setting, and ideally, mm. you air dry it, which I'm not sure many people will actually do. But yeah, in terms of energy use and water use, then using the dishwasher with that capacity uses less resources. Yeah, you actually get to, and I know we've. We talk about this in terms of showers and baths and stuff. You use a lot more water than you think you do. Yes. Um, even just running the tap for a few minutes or yeah. like 30 seconds or whatever. People would be surprised. Of course, it points to a few things that you kind of, you don't almost want to be true. Oh, go on then. Because I think in our, our hearts, like we'd like, we'd like to think that the dishwasher is worse. Yes. You know, because washing up's something we do. It's, you know, mm. um, but yeah, so uh, it also points to the fact that 
um, you know, your keep cup, which we all have and love and, you know, don't want to use takeaway cups. Um, and we shouldn't use takeaway cups, but a keep cup has to be used like 65 times to mm. offset, um, all its manufacture. So I think there's some thorny issues yes. with those things. Yeah, definitely. Were there any surprises for you? Actually, the keep cup I was quite surprised about. Yeah. And actually, um, in a similar way, we looked at like how many times you've got to use a cotton tote bag because I don't know about you, but I have bags with bags. Yeah. Cotton tote bags. And I think it's something like they've got to be used 60 times to offset all the... Uh, okay. Then it would be if you were just using a disposable plastic bag. Yeah. Um, and things, I mean, I kitchen roll is my absolute weakness. And um, when I was researching just how bad it is and it can't be recycled and it's usually toxic chemicals to bleach it and everything. Wow. Like, oh, no. <laughs> so that was one of the things I was going to ask you. Have, have you changed anything in your life as a result of the research you did for the book? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there was a lot of stuff I'd already changed, you know, like bathroom stuff. And, mm. you know, I don't buy fast fashion anymore. I haven't for years. And we don't do impulse buying and we do meal prepping and mm. quite conscious. And I think this year anyway, we've, everyone's had yeah. that stuff anyway. Like we're, we waste a lot less food this year. But yeah, things like the kitchen roll and the loo roll and the, like actually plastic sponges in the kitchen. Mm. We use like eco-friendly cleaning products, but it's all the spongy stuff yeah you don't even think about just seeing at a global scale what a problem it is that made me go okay enough just what have you gone for then in the kitchen instead of sponges i've actually got them at future fest um in our market i got um they're like a kind of cotton cotton or bamboo cotton or bamboo like little squares yeah and then you just you put them in with your washing once they're kind of you know you've used them yeah um, which, um, you know, you could cut up material and do yeah. it much more eco-friendly than that. And then there's a new company called Seep, which I'm completely obsessed with. They've made these, like, loofah-based sponges. Oh, that okay. act, they're the closest thing I can find, or I have found, that act like a kind of green and yellow traditional. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they don't fall apart in five seconds. So, yeah, they're my complete... I'm just, like, really happy with them. Because... And have you weaned yourself off kitchen roll? Yes. Have you? Well done. Well, yes, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> Have the emergency roll stashed away. The emergency roll, yeah, somewhere. But yeah. Oh, well done. And I think that's we did that um, a while ago, and we've just got. I think I bought a stash of the cheeky wipes um, that just sit in a basket now in the in the kitchen, and just sort of use them to mop things up and wipe faces, and for people to wipe their hands on and things like that. But there's always that bit that like, I don't know, somebody's walked something in through the house or whatever. And you're like, I really don't want to be like picking this up. And then I just want to kind of get rid of it. I don't want to have to then sort of try and separate the two things and put one in the wash. And so we do still have the emergency roll. Yeah, there's the, I mean, dog stuff tends <laughs> yeah. to get like kitchen toweled, you know. Yeah. Luckily, um, so oh, we, we got a puppy earlier this year and she's now just about not doing any accidents so that's good so that's kind of stopped all of yeah, that yeah actually yeah because that's yeah you don't really want to be putting sopping wet wee things in no. anything do you i think that was all for me i think that was all have you got any anything specific you want to share from the book or any top tips i mean not not massively top tips but just i think what's good about the book is like it covers every every possible angle for yeah also it's not meant as a kind of like you have to do every single thing in the yes. book you know it's not a case of like oh unless you can swap all 100 i think it's 142 or something things then you've failed in some way it's just about finding your level yeah and finding 
was possible for you and hopefully there's a kind of some help there wherever whichever angle you're coming at it from yeah and I think it's about being able to make informed decisions isn't it yeah so you've got like the answer for this is the greenest thing and maybe that doesn't work for you or maybe that won't work for you all the time but you can then make an informed decision about the the compromise that you're going to make and what will work for you but the whole time when we're just guessing we might be guessing wrong or we as you say we sort of sometimes persuade ourselves that what we're doing is the right thing when we kind of know it probably isn't yeah exactly and I think you know there is a bit because it's not it's not a hugely long book some of the language is like just just do this you know yes some things that are easy wins and there's a there's a clear yes and no answer and on those i've tried to be really like just do this just don't mm, mm. but where it's more complex we've tried to go okay this is probably what's going to be greenest for you but if you can't do this then mm. these are the best options so you know i was i think i said in the introduction like you could write a book the same size on one of the topics yes yeah 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 <laughs> ethical fashion shouldn't really be summed up in like two columns yes but, so, that's that's what we're kind of we're trying to give a big overview and hopefully pique people's interest that they can then go off and research it more on their own or come to Pebble or check out you know your podcasts and stuff for for much much more of a sort of deeper dive. But also you've done a very good job there with setting yourself up for follow-ons because then you can do a whole is it really green on fashion and a whole is it really green on uh, transport. That's a thought. <laughs> because I had the issue that when the Sustainable Living Guide came out and then I went and met up with my editor sort of a month just before lockdown actually a month or two after and she was like right what we're going to do for book number two and we were like she said we shouldn't have made the first one so comprehensive should we and I was like yeah we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot there. <laughs> yeah I hadn't even thought about that but yeah I'd just like to get this one out I think yes. this one's been hanging over my head like for the whole of 2020 so yeah get it out and, and hopefully um get some good response and then and see where we go yeah it's I think you said this to me on a message the other day it's that nerve-wracking period now that kind of I found out I'd, I'd sort of written this thing you know obviously the the editorial team and stuff were really happy with it but and you know how you want people to feel you know how you want people to react to it but it's completely out of your hands and it's quite like is this going to land how I how I think yeah. it is or how I want it to but I said to you like it's brilliant I think it's it's a really easy read. Although you've said, you know, there's, there's definitive answers. It doesn't come across as judgmental and, you know, and I think that that dip in and outable thing is so important. And I know, I think you've actually used that phrase, haven't you? Dip in and outable in the intro or something. And you've completely (laughs) nailed that. And just, oh, thank you so much. I mean, that, that is exactly what we wanted it to be. And like, you know, for, for me, the biggest success would be to see it in someone's kitchen and and then refer back to it. Like that, that to me is, it would be a total win. The nicest thing is seeing someone's copy that's kind of like got post-it notes on it or bits highlighted or bits underlined and stuff and and just looking really well thumbed and used which is like that's the whole point of it isn't it? Yeah and I'll never forget like when I first started working in magazines I got on the tube once and like someone was reading my magazine like opposite me and I just did this like proper stare you know I was yeah just being like, oh my God, they're reading it, they're reading it. Yes. Yeah, I think I'm back to that kind of excitement level, but also a bit terrified as well because, you know, people do like to, to shout and scream at things, but um, hopefully it'll... it'll no, be- I think honestly, I, you know, I think, it's, I think it's brilliant and I think it's such a, a great idea and such a, a unique angle to take because there's, again, thinking back four years ago, you know, we would have struggled to find any book on sustainable living and mm. now there are, you know, 
probably not, I don't know if there's hundreds, but there are a lot now. Um, and to find a, a different angle to come at it from, I think is, is really clever. And the way you've done it is so accessible for people. So yeah, oh, I think it's thank you. Well, my humble opinion. It's, it's going to do really well. So, um, I can't so, wait for book number two as well. So I'm, I mean, I'm not a parent, but I want to know, I know lots of people that are, and I get asked loads of questions. So I'm like, right, I'm going to read this so I know. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, oh, don't, the pressure now. <laughs> Um, so January the 7th, I'm not sure when this will be coming out, but it will, this will come out at some point in the new year. So either it will be out or available to pre-order. So yeah, you can pre-order it on bookshop.org, uh, who we're working with now. And I think you're working with them yes. as well, aren't you? They're, they're awesome. Um, Hive, and then obviously that the big business that shall yes. um as well. Um, and all good bookshops. And all good bookshops. I know, doesn't it feel really great to say that? And I mean, oh, they're all good bookshops. <laughs> Oh, my local bookshop's invited me in to do a signing. Oh, that's so lovely. It's really weird as well. Um, well, I, I have no experience of publishing a book when it's not COVID, but, you know, all the, all the events I had lined up for, for last year, all the, the book festivals and all those sorts of things, and they, and they sort of didn't happen, so it's, it's quite difficult. But, I mean, fingers crossed this year you'll get to do some and to... Yeah, I think they're just holding, holding fire, aren't they? I'm booked in to do some Zooms and yes. stuff. It's yes, yes. As, as sort of rocking up and, and being there but you know however it happens it'll be amazing yeah brilliant oh best of luck with it and um it's really fab and I will post all the links to it in the show notes and push everyone there but yeah well done you oh thank you so much and thank you for having me back and, and let me talk about it and um yeah just just brilliant to kind of watch both of us kind of go through all these all these stages isn't it it's amazing it's, it's nice to have someone kind of going through it at the same time <laughs> yeah 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 been listening to Sustainable-ish, you wonderful sack of loveliness, with me, Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is. I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show, and I hope you have, Do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.